Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber, the podcast where we talk about all the shit that your horse wants you to know and what you can do about it. Amber is a horse trainer and a personal results coach, certified in Theta and Semitic Breathwork. Shaylee is an animal communicator who also teaches communication. Both knowledge seekers with the intention of sharing that knowledge and hoping that we can encourage the listeners to do the same. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you back. We are talking about all kinds of things today, from challenges of being teachers to the profound impact of the seasonal transitions that honor animals and on us as humans as well, and how we can honor those transitions and support through them. We're also going to explore ethics of horse training and share a couple heartwarming stories of our experiences with equine companions and so much more. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. If you missed last week's episode, we talked about finding balance, the changes of the seasons, mindful resting, um, some personal stuff, and a bunch of other things. So um, if you missed it and you feel like listening to it, then hopefully something resonates with you. (laughs) Um, This week, we... We are going to talk about, well, first, we're going to update you on Chico. Um, For those of you that did listen to the last episode, you learned that Chico, who is my miniature horse, his cough was ruling my life. And um, then he also gave it to everyone else. And when I very first connected with him, I was like, hey, what's going on? And mind you, I do this work every single day since like 2018 and I still can't even trust myself. And then I want everyone to trust me. So that's kind of funny. Um, but so I asked him like, what is going on with you? And he's like, I have a worm, I have a parasite. And what I will say is the reason why I didn't trust him. And I tell this to my students all the time, not to get fixated on this. And here I am like just learning a lesson for myself. But he showed me, um, you know how bot flies will get like stuck like in their stomach, like, and if you see them on like a scope or something, they're like attached. So that is how I saw it. And now I know it was him trying to say that that was his lung tissue. But when he first showed me, he was like, I have a cough because I have parasites. And I was like, well, that's weird. And it doesn't make any sense because bot flies are not even out yet. And there's no way that you like got a bot fly egg. And so I just like immediately dismissed what he told me, which was the fucking answer. You guys, it was that. Um, so couldn't trust complained to Amber for like four or five days at least. Um, every day I was like, I'm depressed. I'm sad. I can't think of anything else. And I just felt like I didn't have, and I couldn't find the answer because I already freaking had it and everything else was wrong. I was like, maybe it's allergies. And I was offering him all these teas and stuff. The vet came out, we put them on steroids. We took blood, we did all this stuff. And what's funny is in hindsight, I was like, Hey, we got this donkey. I'm not going to lie. The donkey's the only one that's not coughing. And it didn't happen until we like put him out with the donkey. Like, do you think that it could be parasites? And he was like, Oh, probably not, but I'll take a fecal raging parasites that like migrated obviously into his lungs. And like, I dewormed them and like, they all shedded so many parasites. And I was like, wow, I cannot believe that I had the freaking answer this whole time. So Learn from me that if you ask your animal something 
and you get something that is very clear to you, don't just dismiss it because I could have saved myself so much time and money if I would have just dewormed them. Like it wasn't going to hurt anything if I did deworm him and like truly trusted the process. But also another reminder that we're all human and it's totally not it kind of is funny when people are like animal communication is a gift and you know it's like this like elusive thing and thinking that someone who teaches it and does it every day and everything should like have all the answers or know all the things and I used to be really hard on myself about that like feeling like I couldn't like if I didn't have the answer I was a failure but here's an example that we're all still humaning together we're all equals <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I think too, like, well, we always say that it's so much harder when it's your own animals, like to learn the lessons and like to hear and feel clarity around that stuff. I feel like it's just like, that's why I'm always like, I don't know, will you talk to flirt? I don't know, <laughs> because I feel like it's just, you're so close and you do have your own history and your own stories about what the relationship is or isn't. And it is hard to sometimes stop and like totally separate it. It's so much easier with other people's animals to be like, oh, it's this, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's just the way it always is, but that's why they're here with us to teach us <laughs> through their little damn dysfunctions sometimes. <laughs> well, and in hindsight, like had I not so of course he got the cough and I was like, okay, well, what is, what is this teaching me? And I asked him like, what are you trying to teach me right now? And he, of course, I think I said this in the last podcast that he was teaching me balance and like finding time for him and finding time to take breaks. And just, there was like this whole lesson in balance. And I would have never delved into that. I would have never given him the extra attention. So there were like so many good things that came out of it, like learning to trust myself, um, learning what it feels like to be completely like unable to surrender and release resistance which was so frustrating to me because I like embody that with everything and I know what I need to do to get there and I could not not panic about it and then I was telling Amber and I can't remember if we only talked about this in the membership or not but I was like what if it was the consciousness of the parasites and like the parasites knew that they were dying and they were in my horse's bodies, like trying to make their way into a certain spot. And like, there were hundreds of worms in there. Like when I dewormed them, like it was actually really bad. I felt like a horrible horse owner. I was like, Oh my God, horse owner 101. Like you introduce a new herd member and you deworm everybody. Like, what was I thinking? But, um, anyway, I'm not gonna slip into guilt right here because parasites love guilt. I'm not trying to call those <laughs> bastards back. But <laughs> Um, but I was like, what if the parasites were dying? And then I started channeling the horses from our 21 day vision quest. Cause we're in that right now, the second round of it. And I'm doing daily messages and like the animal consciousness right now is all about like self-preservation survival mode. Um, you know, growing hair for winter, all the parasites are they are dying or hiding and the bugs are all freaky deaky right now because they know that the winter is coming so animals are migrating so it's kind of interesting how that collective consciousness it affects everybody which to that point I'm curious what you have to say about this I talked to a client today and um her horse was getting colic surgery 
And then there's someone in our membership where her horse has colic. Then a friend of mine, her horse was colicking. I just rescheduled a colic. And so like fall is the time of year where colics happen. Like I feel like they're so prevalent and a lot of horses end up colicking in fall. And we always attribute it to like, you know, the grass is changing again, the pressure is changing in the air, the temperature, they're growing their coats, all this stuff. But how much of it do you think is actually the collective overwhelm? Like, and that scarcity, overwhelm, lack mindset, and the feeling of like, needing to, I don't know if I need to even go further than that. I think it's like overwhelm, right? Do you think that the horses are feeling that? Yeah, because they are part of the collective consciousness, like, right? I mean, it's all of us creating this stuff, even going back to the parasite conversation, where when we, I want, I first started recording the stuff for Rochelle's, um, her medical intuitive course that she has, she specifically talked about parasites. And when she had said, when you are doing a detox, and you have a parasitic load that you are clearing. She's like, people will get really depressed. They get, um, they just start to have like crazy thoughts. Sometimes they get really emotional. And it's just like, what she had said was, is that they will take on and think that the thoughts of the parasites who are trying to survive, um, are theirs. And I just thought that was freaking wild. So when you said that the other day about, Chico and like, oh my gosh, what if I was, that's what I was sort of tapping into. Cause I was like, I don't know, we're doing this 21 day thing. Like we're holding a lot of space for a lot of people, like maybe cut some cores or like, but never did it occur to me to ask that simple question. Like, are, is this mine or is this someone else's? Cause it's the simplest like thing you can do, right. When you're feeling this like overwhelm or this, um, one of my mentors calls it the void. And when it's like, the void to me is like when there's so much uncertainty, there's so many questions that are unanswered. There's just like this, like I've, and I feel like I'm sort of in that right now where it's like, okay, what's next? I don't know. What about this? Can't do that. What about this? Can't do that. Uh, uh. And I think that it is the seasons are changing and you do pick up on, you know, the people talk about seasonal depression and I don't, I, I wonder, you know, even with the trees, like leaves dying, dropping their leaves, like parasites, bugs, like starting to transition and go into a Like, it's kind of crazy when you think about there is a lot of, I guess not death necessarily, although there is some, it, but it's that transitioning and the releasing of stuff. And that can feel like grieving almost. So it's like a seasonal grieving that we're all going through. And so when you're in that, like that void and that, like, I don't know what to do is not the time to make those decisions. It's not the time to try to figure stuff out. It's the time to just like go quiet and just not, and, you know, rest and just see what comes up next, which is super hard to do when you're conditioned to like work hard and strive and what's the next thing. And, um, especially with our culture, but I, so yeah, I feel like the seasonal stuff affects everyone, plants, animals, humans, like we're all kind of like going through this shift together. And I don't feel like even the horses aren't, we talked about this, I think in the membership call that we had, um, about how giving the horses space to rest more during this time, because they are expending a lot of energy to grow coats. And then we shave them off. <laughs> like how rude. <laughs> 
you know, and so they're not even being allowed to rest and transition into a different season because we don't think it's a thing and we're not giving ourselves that time. So, you know, I'd say cats are probably like <laughs> probably the most likely to, to fare well because they're getting to do whatever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want. Um, but so, yeah, I think that that piece of not honoring the rest and that transition and pushing the horses to keep going, pushing ourselves to keep going. Like everybody sort of feels it. So maybe it's not necessarily like a seasonal depression so much as it is a seasonal repression of like what we really instinctually want to do, which is rest. And literally, you know, that August hits and I swear to God, I start seeing freaking Halloween shit go up, which as soon as Halloween yeah. comes, it's like Christmas stuff. And you're like, what about Thanksgiving? And it's like, instead of slowing down and just resting and allowing for this transition to happen, it's like things go like warp speed because it's the holidays. <laughs> it's just, just chaos. So yeah, I think it's definitely a thing. Yeah, I know. My sister-in-law told me the other day that her husband like bought her like one of her Christmas presents. And I was like, what? We're like in September right now. Why are you guys thinking about Christmas? Like that's wild. But I do think that animals feel that like they feel our lack and they feel our overwhelm and yeah, like that repression and stuff. And I just, it like hit me this week. Um, where all these horses right now are colicking and I'm like oh my gosh how much of that is just like this sense of like overwhelm and yeah repression of what we want to do and not being able to rest and just feeling like um because like if we think about it like what is a colic it's like everything being held in like not being able to express and so yeah I don't know it's wild but um to that point with like the seasonal stuff and the the daylight um getting less and less. I talked to, um, a great Dane the other day. He's like one of my regular clients and he's deaf and blind. And he's actually like lives a pretty like quality life, even though he can't see or hear. Um, because like his person takes him a bunch of places and he gets all these new smells and like, he's pretty happy. Like he loves being outside. But what's interesting is that when I talked to him the other day, he was like, I'm like, feeling depressed. Like, I feel like I don't have enough hormones in my body or he was just kind of like basically telling me, I was like, I think he has seasonal depression. And I'm like, but how would that happen if he can't like see, but he's like, well, I know that the weather's changing. I know that the sun feels different. And I know that when it gets cold, she closes the door and I can't come and go as I please. Cause normally she leaves her door open and they can kind of just like come and go as they please. And it really is like a real thing, I think. So she's getting him a sun lamp, <laughs> like the kind that like people get, like, you know, like when, like in Alaska, like I couldn't even imagine living in Alaska. Good thing it's like off to itself over there because <laughs> I feel like it's like its own <laughs> thing. With your darkness, okay? <laughs> you're so it's you're cold and your darkness can stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> which I my husband and I went to Kodiak and it was like the most beautiful place and if I didn't have horses I would live there in a heartbeat like it is like a magical land that like everyone needs to visit um but I visited it in like the perfect time where like the salmon were running and all the bears were eating the fish and like it wasn't I, I don't know it was really cool that's like a super cool place but yeah isn't that interesting that like the this dog is like deaf and blind and yet he already is anticipating like 
the door being closed and knowing that the seasons are changing and like he's gonna like have to be inside more which is so sad if you think about it because there's nothing she can really do to prevent that like she's got to keep her house warm and like it is kind of interesting to think about a dog who's like blind and deaf not having just really lets you know how powerful the sun is and like what the sun does for us like could you I was thinking about this the other day like it was in the somatic journey you were guiding us on and I was like be the flames of the sun and I was just like <laughs> doing like like sun dance because I was outside and I was like I am one with the sun and then I went I got sidetracked for a second and I had a squirrel moment and I was like what if the sun died like what if the sun just like exploded and like what would become of us it is wild to think about what the sun does for us yeah um well it's funny because it's like each person remember when Denise was talking about like us and we had that entire episode where she was talking about like what resonates the most with you and like the sun energy or the moon energy and like how it like what it does energetically to different people and I feel like for me I I don't I guess when you asked the question last week about do you feel like you are really like your day is ruled by daylight And I think my association with daylight was different than the actual sun, which is dumb because it's literally exactly the same thing. Um, But the sun itself, like not, not having clouds, like we probably where I am because I'm on the coast have had like this year, we've probably had like 90% of cloud cover. Like we have not had a lot of sun and I know that it's affecting me because as soon as like the sun comes out, I swear I go out there and I just like bake myself in it. Like I'm like a lizard. My sister will come home from like events where she's had to like work really hard and do a lot of stuff. And we find her in the parking lot, just like on the asphalt, <laughs> like just like a lizard, you know what I mean? And so it's like to appreciate like what it actually does um, and like how much of an effect it has like on me and in like that personal way where like even earlier it was cloudy and kind of rained and I was like what the heck and as soon as the sun came out I was like oh everything is immediately better (laughs) and I was just sitting out there (laughs) it's those little things that I feel like you take for granted unless you live in like where is it like Washington and Oregon where it's like always cloudy and always rains I don't know but then my son my older son like is so stoked when it's foggy like that's his favorite weather he's like oh my gosh it's foggy and just I have to go skate and it's like it's foggy out and you're gonna get all damp (laughs) like it's not even raining it's just like mildly annoying (laughs) I know the weather is so crazy and it's so funny how like everyone talks about the weather like it's literally it it rules people's lives like it's like oh it's hot today or it's cold today or it's this or it's that and I call my grandpa and he's like yep we got about an inch of rain like it's just everyone talks about the weather and it's so funny how it's like such a big deal um I'm gonna sidetrack for a second because I want to bring up my current horse saga because I feel like whenever I bring up my horse sagas I, they get solved within the podcast and then I can live my life again. (laughs) (laughs) There was like this snowball of shit happening and I swear it was in the time where we were kind of like getting ready to launch the 21 day vision quest. 
and we were putting out like guest podcasts. And I feel like we, when I said, I was like, I'm like kind of feeling like I need the weekly therapy session. <laughs> I know where we just talk about all the things. Um, it's so good. So Kip right now is my, so he's like the horse that I've had the longest. I've had him for like 10 years now. And he's always been like my main riding horse. Um, and he will do like whatever I ask him to do, even though I have never felt like he's actually enjoyed riding. And um, I feel like when I ride him, I'm controlling him in a way. And if you guys listened back a couple podcasts, we released a podcast with Tammy Billups. She's a international healer and author, and she's a really freaking cool. She has a couple books out. You guys should check her out if you haven't. Um, I did a healing session with her and she was healing like all this anger and resentment within me, which we all know by this point, if you've been listening to us for a while, that that is me. It's like my little thing that I have going on. And, um, oh, what was really cool. I can't remember if I told you this, but I saw her holding a green crystal and a little cat. I guess she, she has a cat. I saw the cat, like, kept batting the green crystal out of her hand and putting it like on my sacral chakra. And when she called me back after she got done, like aligning my stuff, she was like, yeah, I was holding a green crystal. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I saw it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So anyway, I feel like I'm like controlling him when I ride him and she, so she has these like profiles that she said she didn't make them up, but she talked a lot about them in her book, like the core wound. So like the sensitive one, the, protector the needy one there's like these core wounds she told me I was a sensitive one which immediately offended me and then I was like oh if I'm offended I guess I'm <laughs> and it's funny because I I always say or I have said in the past I kind of don't do it as much now but I used to say like everyone around me is so sensitive like my husband gets offended easily my dogs are sensitive my horses are sensitive and like, I always felt like an asshole. Cause I'm like, why, why is everyone like getting offended by everything that I say? But then it, and then my husband was like having a glory day when I was like, yeah, she profiled me. It's sensitive. And he was like, I don't know. I need, cause he's always said that. Um, and so, and then she told me that I have an invasiveness wound, um, which is basically, cause I told her like, I am defiant and resentful because there were many times in my childhood where I felt like I was not in control of my experience. I didn't have a say, I wasn't in control. I wasn't believed like, um, and so it's created a lot of this like anger in me. And she was like, well, what if I were to tell you that Kip represents your inner child? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Like I have always seen him as like a part of me. Like there's a reason why, I, he changed my entire life and got me into this stuff and I became an animal communicator. And she was like, right now, like you're, because he's your inner child, anytime you try to work with him or ride him or whatever, it does feel like you're controlling him because that's how you felt as a kid. So it's kind of cool how she deconstructed that. But, and then I was feeling all great about it. And I was like, oh yeah, he's like my, my little inner child. And I'm like, going to go out and thank him and everything. And then like that day, I didn't really feel like riding. So I went out and I like thanked them and I did some Masterson method stuff and we were feeling all great. Got all high on it, high on life. And then the next day I went to mess with him and he wouldn't even step a single foot in the arena and he didn't want to saddle on, he didn't want anything. And I was like, 
great. I'm back to square one. Like immediately cork below the surface, like, oh God, he hates me. He doesn't want to be with me. I'm controlling him again. Like it was like the perfect opportunity for me to be like, nope, this isn't healed. <laughs> this is not healed right now. And I just think it's so, so now I guess I say all this to say, I feel like I'm in this place right now where you know how we always talk about how like our old stuff coming up where you're like, you could have said this to me and my old abandonment issues would have come up. So that's what's happening to me right now where he's telling me I don't want to be written right now. And I immediately go like, I'm rejected. We're never going to have a relationship together. I'm never going to be able to ride you again. I'm going to have to retire you. Your body is going to fall apart. I'm going to be depressed. I have no other riding horse. Fern has to grow up for at least two years. I'm like just on the freaking rampage. And he's like, dude, I just said, like, try again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so funny and I feel like one, the other thing that you had said from it was the fact that was it from this or was it something else that he has never changed the entire time that you wow. had him that no matter what mm -hmm. you've done he, I can't remember the word you used to describe steadfast that's what he oh, called yeah. himself mm -hmm. yeah 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 They're so wild he really has never changed like I he's my most documented horse like I used to like take pictures of his poop piles and like take confirmation pictures every day and like pictures of his feet and I was just like so he was my only horse for a while and I was fucking obsessed with him like obsessed but to the point of like wanting to change everything oh I'm learning that you have bad feet. So now I need to figure out how to get your feet better. Oh, you have kissing spine. Now I need to figure out all these other things. Oh, well, you don't like the bit. And it, it was just all these things where it was like me putting in a lot of input into this little guy that was like deflecting all of it and not wanting any of it. And so I, then I flipped into guilt for a while where I was like, I, I just remember like, well, I remember, I say, I remember it like it's a fleeting memory, but for at least six <laughs> years, I was like, I would like cry all the time and be like, why can't we just walk trot canner? Like, I just want to walk trot canner you and enjoy you and have you like nice and floaty. And like, it would be so cool if like you would just maybe come into the contact or something. <laughs> and I would like, constantly like cry about him. He's like, bitch, you're so fucking stiff. I can't come into the contact. Like he has changed so much about me that like it's wild and the other day when I connected with him and he was like I've had to be steadfast because we could not both change at the same time and you needed so 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 much change so much so much <laughs> yeah and that kind of goes back to like that moment where you said I can't go into guilt because like you know that's where we all want to mm -hmm. go it's like when we realize and I talked about did I, I can't, we've done like several things in the last couple of days and I can't remember what was where, I think it was the 21 day vision, the midway check-in that we did. And someone had said, I realized that all of the stuff that was going on in my horse's body, like she was holding for me so that I could heal. And, and she said, she immediately went to gratitude, which originally before kind of doing all this work, she would have gone into guilt. And guilt is like something we talk about so often. And um, and the idea that you, I I had said that I heard, I can't remember where I heard it from or 
or if it's even like valid, but I don't care because I like it. So I'm keeping it. Um, is the idea that since, you know, we choose and they choose that it's like they chose to come do this with you. You know what I mean? And so, and I know we've said this before where it's like in by us just feeling guilty and rejecting like what is in front of us and instead of softening and letting it happen, it's like we're taking away something the value in what they've chose to do instead of honoring them and thanking them. It's like, God, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry, which is not getting anyone anywhere unless you want a bacterial infection. So like, it's this idea of when you know that you have a horse in your life, that's like shown up for you that way or a dog or a cat or whatever. Um, I don't know why I wanted to say chinchilla. <laughs> it's like the most random thing. Like somebody watching has a fucking chinchilla that is holding space for you. <laughs> like, so random. But to go like, wow, I'm so grateful that you're here to teach me this stuff and really detach from that idea of we're here to make sure everything stays alive, you know, for as long as possible. It's like that same goes back into the scarcity thing. Like we're just here trying to live as long as we can and keep our animals alive as long as we can. It's like, why? We don't even really know what happens after we transition. Why are we all trying to avoid it so much? And I'm not saying like go out and like eat a bunch of crap food and like, you know, smoke cigarettes, but like, why is it such a, an urgent thing for some people to like live long and keep the animals alive long and we're trying to prolong their lives when you see animals like really suffering when we have the ability to ease that for them just by the fact that we have thumbs and we can make conscious decisions about it but we, we I just see so many people keeping them around like longer than you know and it's two and want to prolong their life but it's like but why like why why are we avoiding you know and even we've talked about that like process of like aging and getting older and I literally laid on my bed this morning and I was like how old am I because I saw somebody in my newsfeed that had turned 44 and I was like oh god and then I was like oh god and I was like I literally couldn't remember how old I was I'm 43 by the way could not remember how old I was and panicked and even had to google how old am I if I was born in 1940 and then when it said you are 44 I was like fuck you, I'm not 44. Actually, I'm 43. Thank you. But then I laid there and I was like, why do I care? Like, why is not something I think about on a daily basis? But why was like, like, oh God, I don't say that. And then I thought, oh my God, when I turn 45, I'm going to freak out. Like, and then I went down this whole rabbit hole. Like, what am I even doing with my life? Like, what have I done? Like, there are people buying houses and property and like, and I, you know, like it was just wild and it was fast. It was like a solid five minute from like, I'm chilling to like life meltdown all because I couldn't remember how old I was. So it's like, there's a weird human thing that we have. Like, don't think the animals have that. I mean, that would be your department, but I mean, animals aren't out there. Like we're out here trying to live. I mean, you don't want to die necessarily, but they're definitely not obsessing over how long they're going to live. I don't think. <laughs> no, I actually... I think that was in one of the daily messages in the 21 day thing where it was like, our animals are not concerned. Oh no, that was different, but along the same lines, um, like with the anti-aging, cause it was like, they said, we're not concerned with how we look like our body is our body. We are never like, Oh, I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too this. I'm too that. 
they don't ever have that energy. They're like, this is my body. It feels good or it doesn't. This is my body and whatever, but not all of these things that humans feel. So yeah, it is kind of interesting how, and we celebrate birthdays and then people like to celebrate the birthday of their animals. And like, it's like, you're proud if you, um, you know, if your dog makes it to 15, you're like, hell yes. Like, I'm so proud. But what's kind of funny, um, I've noticed a little pattern actually with my sessions where um, some animals will, it's like the person has had every single animal for like 15 years and then someone else loses a dog at three years old and five years old and six years old. And, um, the animals have said to me in the past, like, well, based on who I'm talking to, so this is not necessarily a general thing, but like for the one person I'm thinking of that has all of the dogs that are like freaking ancient like I even know one person her dog made it to like 25 like it was unreal but yeah just wild um the animals were there because she needed like the support on a long journey like her soul really needed like a true soul connection for an extended period of time like a you know like this super long contract so to speak and then there's these other animals where it's like like my animals are kind of like that. I tend to, they tend to transition early in life, like before they're 10. And, um, it's just that like the energy that I have, like I need different souls and new energy and like, and they're also evolving at a very quick rate because I'm on like this intense spiritual path. So they're like, bam, 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 like my spiritual evolution, which then got me into like a freaky deaky mindset the other day, because I was like, Oh God, like, Part of me thinks that I have so much resistance towards like learning what Kip has to tell me because I'm like, what if I learn it all and you die? <laughs> I'm like, I really don't want you to die yet. Like, I, I'm enjoying my life with you. But then I'm like, because the other day when I did the Tammy healing and then I found out he's my inner child, which I had always kind of felt. And then I was like, now that I know this confidential information, like, are you going to continue to press on in life? Because I'm a little scared to really dive into all of it. And I started feeling that way about my animals the other day. Like what happens when I learn all your lessons? And I was like defiant about it. And I was like, I don't want to learn any more lessons. Go <laughs> off the ride. Get me off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But one more thing to your point of um, like prolonging the life of animals I really think that it's important for people to make the distinction of like, I need to prolong your life for as long as I can because I'm codependent and I don't know what I'm going to do without you versus I'm supporting your body in the best way I can so that you can live a quality life while you're here. Because I think those two things get really like mixed up where someone can be like, well, i just want to do the best I can for them because I want to keep them healthy for as long as possible. But it's like, well, are you keeping them healthy because you need them? And there's like this codependent relationship, or are you just wanting to support their body for the time that they're here and understanding that they've got their own little like soul contract. So I feel like that's like a super important distinction. Yeah, definitely. I feel like too, um, when we were talking about, and then you said something about, you know, learning the lessons and then them transitioning. And it's like, i totally have had that thought. And then I wonder like why, you know, why I have the animals that I have. And I feel like 
there's a couple horses that I feel like I for sure have art, like their souls have already been in my life and they're just now here in like a totally different form where I will, I can look right at flirt and I see my first horse, like everything about him. Like I have a picture of him in my wall and I see him and I'm like, well, it's just you again in a different body. But the idea that they choose and that from like a karmic level or like a karmic standpoint that the this is what that that person had said was the idea that um that the people that want to my dog's about to fall off the bed and it's very distracting sorry she's conked out and very i'm not responsible i'm not responsible um the idea that somebody from a karmic standpoint wants to come and evolve their soul faster they can choose to come into situations where they may have a disability or they they know they're coming into a really difficult situation and that is what I was like, I'll take that because it makes when I see stuff like that, like when I see animals in tough situations or when I see people even struggling, it softens it for me when I go, right, but something, they did choose this. They choose this. And it's like, and the visual that I got when I was listening to that was like being up in like wherever the souls are and like having this like little screen of like, okay, touch where all the little souls are up there. Like, do you want to go back again? And it's like, yes. And it's like, you have to choose. And it's like this little like multiple choice. And you have all these options. And it's like, that's pretty freaking gnarly. But if you choose that exponentially speeds up a lot of things, you know what I mean? And so when I had that idea or that thought, and I heard that, I was like, that softens a lot of things for me when I see people, animals and stuff struggling. So I'll take that and I will insert that into my belief systems that I have and I'll keep that. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like Kip is totally my first horse as well. Like my first horse was a, was a bay with a star and um, his name was lonesome. Like they called him lonesome oh, and they, oh. yeah. And he was like one of three horses, I think. And I just remember like, going to see him and I was like I cannot call him that and so I named him Ace and then when I like got Kip I thought it was so interesting that Kip was like a little three-letter um name like Ace was and they like have so many similar qualities and Ace was like the freaking best but and he never changed who he was and (laughs) I can't believe I alive honestly because my mom like my mom knew nothing about horses and I only knew what I knew as a 12 year old and I fed him like cracked corn and alfalfa and some days I would be late for the bus and I would like just be running with like a little flake of alfalfa and like toss it over the fence and like run to school and he didn't have a companion like there were horses like next door but he didn't have like a horse next to him and actually there was a giant percheron that jumped out of his field and would let ace out all the time and so I had to like lock his gate (laughs) and I didn't have a saddle pad I got like a synthetic western saddle from a neighbor and I didn't have a saddle pad so I used a pillow off of my bed and put my saddle on top of a pillow and like cinched it down and I was riding around like that like in the neighborhoods everywhere just like tootling around my mom was like taking pictures of me and I have this fucking white pillow underneath my saddle and I went everywhere on that horse and he was so good to me and I will never forget one time we were cantering um with one of my my little neighborhood friends 
and I wanted to beat her and I never like kicked him or anything. Like I always was like very much like you do you, you take care of me. Like, I love you so much. You're like my first horse. And I like kicked him and he bucked me off. Like he, he like bucked and I didn't fall off. Like I latched myself onto his neck, but I will never forget that feeling of like, how dare you? Don't, don't do that. Like sit your ass back down, girl. Don't you ever do that to me. Like I'm in control of this ride. And I was like, ah, oh, sir. Yes, sir. And Kip is like that Kip. And maybe actually here's where we solve Shaylee's problems within the podcast. <laughs> um, so maybe that is where I know that I don't do that to Kip because I, he might be like compliant, so to speak, but I have taken that lesson from Ace and like, I will never do that to Kip. Like if he doesn't want to go and I've never like the type that will like kick, 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 you're going to cross this water. I'll like get off and be like, Hey, can you cross it or whatever? Um, so maybe that softens things for me. Great talk. Great talk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. We've been talking a long time. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening. You've hung out with us the whole time. (laughs) If you guys are feeling like something in this podcast resonated with you, then please like it and share it with your friends on your social media. Um, And if you want more, you can join the membership. It's Shaylee and Amber's Tea House. I will put the link for both of those things. Both of those things? No. I just talked about one thing. I'll put the link for the one thing that I talked about in the show notes. and. And yeah, and I hope you guys join us. It'll have all the info for info for it in the link. Wow. I'm okay. It's okay. It's hot in here. Going now. (laughs) Bye.